Win every once in a blue moon, you can CONCACAF a Mexican team. It's that so MLS. It could happen to you. A North American soccer podcast with myself, Andrew Bates, and Nick Thornton. Nick, how are you? Hello. Hello, hello. I'm doing great. Uh, of course, we just had some Champions League final drama. Champions so League I'm doing great. First half, first half of the CONCACAF Champions League final. Leg one drama. I was... These games start pretty late for, uh, for old Batesy out here in the, <laughs> um, in, the, in the Atlantic time zone. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It started at like 11, and I was falling asleep in the second half, but I was like... And I was like, you know, it's the second... It's the first of two legs. There is like six minutes left in normal time, and there's a part of me that's like, just go to sleep, man. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, even though I'm like nodding off, I'm like, no, I, something could happen. I gotta be here to see it. And wouldn't you know it, my patience was rewarded. Certainly was. Um, I feel like I, I, like, I want to talk about the final, but I also feel like the better storyline is to go through MLS, talk about Seattle's game against San Jose first and then talk about the final but I guess we don't need to because I don't think we're spoiling it for anyone people know what happened um but of course Seattle came off of this really just sort of head-scratching embarrassing loss to San Jose in MLS action coming into the first leg of the Champions League final so I I wasn't too high on Seattle's stock I I felt like um Pumas would make easy work of them but it wasn't to be and a huge reason why Seattle was able to come out with uh, something to to say in this match was um, because of penalties awarded to them I think that that kind of was like like both at the time and when I went back and was able to compare it a little bit on on um, compared a little bit using the the highlights uh, it was a it was a scrappy game, you know. Like there was of the four goals, there was only one of the goals was that was was a non penalty, and some yeah. of them some of them were you know not necessarily. What do I have it, it, here down for that first one? The 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 first penalty to Danino. Uh Well, okay, no, that yeah. was that was that was legit. That was a legit pet. Like you know, two defenders crunching him when he uh, and right it saved. It saved. Fry is uh, Fry saves it and then jumps off the line to do yeah. it. And then I thought that his retake, he also jumped off the line, but it was scored, so they didn't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a weird sequence. I mean, we'll talk lots about penalties. So I guess I guess that's just time, my answer. But... That's just my answer to like the weirdness of Seattle like relying on penalties to get back. That kind yeah. of game. That's my that's my feeling on it is that, you know, um there was a lot that I think that Seattle thought that it could get. You looked into some of these calls that were rejected. Um I have a little bit you you I have a little bit less direct study on that. Um does did Seattle have a have a case that they even should have got more. Um, I don't 
think so. Oh, you where? were looking, you where? were looking at that first one. Sorry, you talked about the the PK. I I had seen via takes that there. Oh, you saw my dubious PK. I I mean I I think in I originally thought like the the sort of sandwich penalty. I was like, I mean, I've seen that not given, but it, it, I I'm not. I don't think it's an egregious egregious one. I just think it's sort of like a a very Concacaf thing to happen, right? Where it's relatively uh, early in the game, and then a penalty retaken. I, I guess I just had a bit of like stank on my comment. Well, I saw some other <laughs> like, tweets. I saw some other tweets that, that suggested that there was some other stuff that Seattle would have wanted to get, would have wanted to get. Um, maybe one of the ones that I saw personally. I I think it's that first one. Um, VAR, for the first or the second one, VAR, um, VAR tries to, uh, pull it back on the notion that, like, that a, a Pumas, uh, player was fouled, like, 30 seconds before doing a foul themselves, and, like, the thing that they had pulled up on VAR was, like, the softest touch thing that you could possibly imagine, like, can you can you imagine if they if they call this goal off? You mm. we didn't do a foul because you pushed our guy lightly thirty seconds in advance of that. Um, well, and from the sounds of it, Christian Roldan got uh, taken for a ride for most of the match as well. Just I saw a couple of the challenges on him, but like, yeah, the, it's it's. I think my my sort of comment is like the, my usual comment towards refereeing in these matches, where it just seems uh, like at some point you think they'd mix it up a little bit, <laughs> not have the same just sort of strange calls and ghost plays that are seen. You know, overall, probably one of the better refed ga- games, and the bar is low. Um, but credit to Seattle to get back into it. And Lodero takes two penalties, a, a ton of pressure on his shoulders. Seattle looked skittish through much of the match. I thought they played decently, but they really did look a little bit like deer cotton headlights. Still playing well because they're Seattle and they're good, but just kind of like not totally sure of themselves. And, and so it's actually, I still think a, a, we shouldn't take away from the achievement. No. Uh, to draw level here just because they're penalties because you still have to sink them. And Lodero is up against a, a very, very, very good goalkeeper. I mean, we saw how many saves he made throughout the match and sinks both. Um, that That's not a thing a lot of players do in any club. And, um, you know, Seattle still had to drag themselves across the line in this one and, and did it. Yeah, um, I think that that's the that's the number one takeaway. I, you could have easily easily seen them the the argument that it's a two legged final. You go and you try to replicate the result at home, but but this puts them on a much better um, a much better uh, even playing field heading into that game. Um, it's a little weird to have a double legged final, but obviously I think that the atmosphere here was great. I <laughs> I had totally forgotten about that part until like the game had started or just before. And then they said it was like the first leg. And I was like, Oh, Hmm. <laughs> you gotta do- I did lose. I-, I lost a little bit of interest. Not all of it. Just a little bit. You gotta, you gotta seed somebody in that case. And, and I don't know how easy it is to try and do that based on like the champions. Like it's the, 
the results from CONCACAF Champions League itself. You gotta, um, if you're going to do a neutral venue, you gotta get people in the neutral venue. The, the atmosphere, um, the atmosphere for for Pumas was great. They did, yeah. The 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 venue was great, and now it'll be on Seattle to do the same thing at Lumen Field. Um, so. Do you want to look into the crystal ball on that one? <laughs> well, no, I'm looking at one thing. Uh... Okay, so do you want to hear some, like, amazing, like, rural nonsense? Sure. Um, they kept away goals for every round of the Champions League except the final. Huh. Okay. <laughs> so no. So UEFA's Champions League has dropped away goals, and and everybody is sort of responding to that. Um, and you might think, well, maybe th- that doesn't necessarily mean it would happen here. And the the question, the the response to that is, no, oh, 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 yes. <laughs> In any case, Seattle Seattle retains no additional benefit from having uh, scored twice, other than they. Uh, they they enter, you know, at an even keel, which I'm sure will be, you know, that will be motivation enough as they try to get people out on uh, what presumably is going to be a week uh, a, a weekday again. Yeah, well, I mean, the they've been doing great advertising for it. I don't think it's going to be a a hard sell to get that stadium packed. It, it also feels like, I don't know, it still just feels weird that, like, we're in a wave that we're sort of aware of, but not, and seeing full stadiums. But, hey, it's a brave new world. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that definitely was a factor in watching this broadcast. But, yeah, I mean, I just feel like that's the con- that's existence right now. <laughs> it's just constantly being like, wait, what? What are we doing here? Just Barry from EastEnders um, yelling, or the EastEnders guy yelling, <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it anyway. So I guess in the spirit of that, my next comment seems sort of out of place, but I'm like, it. I guess the two-leg thing is nice to see two sets of home fans just get to fucking go for it and support their club. That's right. Uh, so I'm okay with that part. Let's um, have nobody travel okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's i don't know if that, yeah um but overall i you know it's obviously it's good for seattle i i don't want to say my hope for the final so i'm going to say my fear my fear is that it's going to be a very conca final and if seattle's gonna lose i i just want it to happen honorably and <laughs> yes of course i'm on team mls and i want the mls club to win but experience has taught me that it's foolish to hope for that or to think it's actually going to happen even when it seems certain obviously the sounders are the best bet we've had ever um so we'll see this is it that that i'm not feeling like particularly like everything has to go right for seattle not everybody is 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 always on board with that sentiment of like you know we're on team mls we gotta we want them to win i mean like obviously we're not necessarily pushing for it for any um you know american you know bias or even you know theoretically those are the the, the, those are the rivals of the team we support but i think that like 
this is our community and for the longest time this has been the 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 relative quality of these sides has been a question and and that's the I'm not necessarily out here waving the waving the Hans Zimmer flag um <laughs> for for MLS but it or or like you know in in terms of the idea of supporting a, a team but the yeah. there is I think a tangible benefit if if Seattle can can pull this off and also we've talked about this before but that's one of the teams that I'm most familiar with you know I was just listening for sure. to a podcast where somebody is deciding what they're going to do because the Blue Jays aren't playing that day and they're like well maybe if the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing maybe I'll hate watch them it's like those are those are yeah if you if you have a favorite club your most favorite your your second and third most favorite teams whether you like it or not, <laughs> are the yeah, team's rivals, absolutely. or at least the most well, the most known to you, most likely, most likely for you to emotionally engage in some way, <laughs> even if it's no, a and, and it's true. You know, like I do feel like it's it's always easier to talk about Portland and Seattle because we care a little bit more about those games, and we I feel like I pay more attention to them because they're the Whitecaps' rivals. So I actually. I feel, you know, better prepared for those conversations than when it's Philadelphia Union and I know all the the top guys, but I don't really know the full depth of their squad and I feel like I have I have less to observe really. One or, of the, or less observations to make. One of these one of these teams is going to have to do it, you know. So many LA, I thought LA would LAFC was going to do it that year. Yeah. Um yeah. And and uh, it'll be interesting to see if it's Seattle. I would say that it's a, it's been a pretty imperfect Seattle so far. This uh, how dare you? This so far <laughs> this season. Although like although I think a loaded one. You know, it's interesting to me to see that like, you know, I don't not hear Albert Rusnak's name, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he has seemed um, as useful as he was at. RSL. I think that, I think that's fair. I, I mean, I would. I thought he had a pretty good game against Pumas. I, I thought that he looked good and, and held his own. Um, I, I thought he looked like one of the more comfortable players for much of the match out there. But I still think that's fair. Yeah, he's, n- and I think that was almost sort of the point. Like I think Ruznak had sort of hit his ceiling at RSL and needed to go to a bigger club with some higher expectations of him and the club. And I, you know, he, I think he still has to adjust into that, but um, also I just feel like Seattle is doing that thing that they always do at the beginning of the season where they seem to just sort of forget <laughs> certain things like defending. Um, but it's not, it's not like things are fundamentally broken, right? Yeah. Like it's mistakes or it's sloppiness, but it's not a lack of understanding or a poor system or the wrong players, you know? Like Brian Schmetzer's clearly got things dialed in and a team that's achieved as much as they have can also afford to start a season kind of poorly and try different things out and try different players out and different combinations of players. And not that he's like tinkering with things, but... He's also had to consider this Champions League run, and he's clearly taking it seriously and wants to win it. And 
I, you know, maybe more attention's being paid um, there. I don't know. We, this was one of a couple of very shenanigan heavy games this week, one of which also involves Seattle, and, and my biggest, despite despite literally <laughs> sleeping through uh, the parts of the CCL final, my biggest slept through moment was the fact that um, while I was playing Chrono Trigger and just tried to put a game onto the side, I was like, hmm, the Seattle game or the Portland game? I'll do the Portland game. <laughs> Buyer's remorse, MLS oh, style. Oh, 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 that was a uh, new deal. This was a drama-heavy 3-4 uh, home win um, where San Jose was, was down 3-1 at one point. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it really didn't. Yeah, obviously didn't start well for San Jose. I mean, as ever, they were all over the pitch, positionally unaware. Um, and it's Nathan, the the Brazilian center back, comes back, to, cleans out Rui Diaz, and didn't get red carded, but did after the fact. Um, and then Lodero takes the PK, <laughs> which meaning, of course this game sus- meaning he's been suspended. He didn't get he didn't get sent off during the match but he got suspended correct yes he was suspended post game um lodero steps up to take the pk sinks it turns out that uh came in handy (laughs) some good practice for later um and then there's a free kick goes out wide to christian roldan who's completely unmarked it's two nil there was some zip on that free kick from lodero there was some some definite zest on it and and that's the thing, like, regardless of the result here, Seattle's still playing like Seattle and still doing Seattle things. And and that's where I'm like, well, I wouldn't really worry about their over, like, where they're going to be in a couple of months because all of the pieces are, are there for the most part. Um, because it's just them, they just sort of get caught sleeping and, and just lazily challenging, like, diving in and... Th- throwing feet out rather than jockeying for the ball and it's right before the end of the half and christian espinoza punishes them and makes it 2-1 he shoots picks his own rebound right out of the air yeah and i mean espinoza in this game like i don't know if it's the post like the the no coach or the interim coach magic but he looked like from the beginning of this game. Like, he had the bit between his teeth and he was not going to... Like, whatever happened, he was going to score goals. Um, and then early in the second half, um, Jordan Morris has just this uh, sort of industrious... Oh, no, it's Jordan Morris who scores, but it's... Um, yeah. Rui, Rui Diaz, Diaz. Who sort of like almost seems like he mistakenly dribbles it through a couple of players and it's just a weird like midfield block and he's almost playing like as a center a central defensive midfielder and wins it runs through finds Jordan Morris at that point 54 minutes into the game it's 3-1 and feeling very San Jose you know um and then it's a kind of a weird goal because it's an unusual error from Stefan Fry I think um where Espinoza's out wide, and he he sort of gets some curl on it. It's a great shot, but from that angle, 
Fry's got position and, and he just sort of seems to guess wrong or not quite know where the ball is going and it goes um, near side and in. That's a bouncer. That's what I think. I, mm. you, know, you know, it was, it, it, I think it was, you know, they were like, oh my God, that's an amazing Galazzo on commentary. And I think it was, but it wasn't a typical. Like when we think of it when, from the distance that Espinosa was at, we think of a Galazzo as being, you know, something where you you absolutely hammer it. And it takes this beautiful trajectory into the top corner of the net. This had, you know, direction and speed, but it landed about, you know, it landed about a, you know, a couple feet in front of Fry and, and bounced over his outstretched his outstretched arms. Yeah. True. And and like and it happens. I think really the comment here is we're all just surprised Stefan Fry didn't make a save. That's not true. That, not that it's necessarily even like a hu- a glaring mistake. It's just like <laughs> why doesn't he have that? Because he has everything else usually. That's right. Um so then it's three two. Um and then earthquakes suddenly swap bodies with Seattle and play their version of soccer and just dribble <laughs> through them. And it's just this really nice quick passing se- sequence. And it just seems like the Sounders are like mesmerized and are like, what's happening right now? This doesn't happen to us. <laughs> That's what we do. Anyway, Yule's there scores three, three. Um, and then late, late drama because, it's MLS, and you have to do it that way. Hold New on, Who... hold on. Uh, I'm getting a message here from the referee. I'm seeing that you're. I'm seeing that the uh, San Jose defender was yeeted. I'm <laughs> seeing they just. I'm seeing they just lifted him into the stratosphere in advance of this. In, in advance of this corner. Yeah. They just. They just. They just. They just launched that boy. Yeah, and like sometimes. Uh... <laughs> Sometimes there's doubt, and sometimes you're like, well, it's a late penalty, and this surely seals it, but, like, yeah, it's, you can't do that. <laughs> um, and who else but Espinoza steps up, buries it. It's 4-3, three. Three, and he gets his hat trick, and the roof comes off of the place, and, of course, you're thinking, like, well, crap, now Seattle's got to go play Pumas. That's not going to go well. So that really, to me, is, like, the major achievement here is, you know, giving up so many goals and um, going going ahead and then giving up a game like this to San Jose and then going and playing a game against an opponent like Pumas. Like, no disrespect to San Jose, but that's quite a jump in your competitors. And just to mentally be tough enough to get it done that's why i that's why i'm i'm maybe not picking seattle as favorites to win the champions league final but i definitely think that they can and i definitely think they're still going to be annoyingly at the top of the table like within a couple of months obviously you know paypal park is not estadio olimpico universitario but i do think that to a certain degree that this um this match prepared Seattle for bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like like yeah. like it just got it was a good setup for the extent that like, you know, you're you're playing against a team that that can hit you fast on the break, that 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 does have an attacking mindset 
and there's just shenanigans, like the the mood becomes shenanigans, and that uh, that benefited them, I think. Absolutely. And I think that'll probably serve them both in terms of their mentality going into the final and also regardless of what the outcome is. Because if some more shenanigans happen and they lose, they are going to have that monkey on their back all season long wanting to shake it off. And they're very good at that. <laughs> I'd say Brian Schmetzer like excels at that. Excels at holding a grudge at having lost something and turning that into <laughs> really solid performances. So I I almost sort of feel like the thing that makes it most possible is that, as, as you said, they're ready for shenanigans and, like, they have they truly have nothing to lose. I, I think it will be great motivation regardless of what happens. <laughs> Obviously, they want to win it, but um, time will tell. I was going to say that the next – that was that was the game with the most goals, right? Four three, uh, there can't, can't have been, no, can't have been more, can't have been more than four three. There's no way anybody could have. There could have been a more high scoring game, except for good old New York City FC versus Toronto. What Woo! a time! <laughs> that one was wild. Yeah, no, this was a this was a five four. This is another one where um, you know the the. The thing swung back and forth so much, and especially this is I I the the two halves. I guess the second half is the one that is the most active here, but it's um, true. But, but I mean, but like, just believe it or not, like if, if folks listening, if you haven't seen this game and you're hearing that scoreline, believe it or not, at one point TFC was up two nothing away. That did happen. Two two goals early from Jesus Jimenez, who is doing great. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's the real deal. One of them was a uh, squeezed in at the post. The other one played ahead. He's he's played in ahead and he chips it over the keeper. This is the point where I realized somehow two goals in. Why are New York City wearing red or at least orange? Yeah how how is it possible that TFC is you've wearing got, white? You've got TFC in white <laughs> and New York City in. Orange verging on red. Yes. Um, t- we. I understand. Uh, I wonder if you have it in your notes. There's a disallowed goal for for City. Is that the case? Um, before they before they score their first. That's what I thought. I heard commentary say. Um, the. Uh, the first goal comes when Tidy runs onto the ball, for, uh, forward into the box on the break, buries it. Yeah, I don't think I saw. I just the heard no them say. Piece. I heard them say, uh, "Well, they don't disallow that one." Oh, there was. Yeah, that's weird. I actually watched this full match, and I'm just blanking on like the visual of it. But I do recall that there was a disallowed goal. I feel like it was a fair call in my head, anyway. So that's that's on the thirty eighth minute, heading into the break. We we end the the first half two one reasonable score, and then uh, in a in a sequence of of ten minutes, New York City scores three times with uh, Talos Magno Magno shoots wide. Nobody's getting it, and uh, 
Tiago Andrade hits it home. That's just one of those ones where the ball is rolling through the area. Yeah. Uh, second, then, secondly, TFC is dispossessed while trying to move up the pitch. Oops. And Castellanos plays in Santi Rodriguez. I think that was when Bradley got stripped, right? Yeah. No, that was the, was that the game. Uh, I think that was maybe last week. And then the third one it comes from Keaton Parks. Who just has a lot of time to, uh, to uh, not a lot of space to play or to play with to get to you know get squared up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then they do it again uh, on seventy-five. They are able to uh, dispossess TFC in possession, um, but this time not while they're trying to move through midfield. This time they're like, this time they they are trying to hold the the offensive pressure in and, and, and direct the ball forward towards the penalty area. Yeah. Yikes. And so at that point, you're like, okay, well, this game's done and in the bag. And then, I don't know, somebody backstage found the off switch for New York City FC and things start <laughs> to go back the other way. Now, it's interesting to me, like, I feel like Toronto was clearly outplayed for much of this game. And so yeah. I think the end result is probably fair. But if you're a Toronto supporter and you're listening to this, I just want to say I see you because I think Toronto had a shout for a penalty that should have been VARD. So technically this game could have been 5-5. But, you know, yes, Toronto fights back into this. Had they had the earlier penalty, it would have been 5-5. At the same time, I mean... It is one of those matches where you're like, do we say anybody did well in this game? It's <laughs> <laughs> a mistake. If there, you know, if there's nine goals in a game, I just, as a former defender and goalkeeper, I just have trouble being like, good game, everyone. Really nice job. <laughs> it's a mistake's bad time. Yeah. The goals were fantastic. There was great goals. The All of the play that led up to them from the defending was... <laughs> Uh, not necessarily fantastic, but it was a, a very lively game and uh, a great result for City to, to get back into winning ways. Last week, you said to me, is there a chance that the, um, <laughs> is there a chance that the firing of Almeida could, could motivate some other team to, uh, to act sooner than they might have done otherwise? And I feel like at that moment, you know, they were faxing uh, Hernan Lozada. I had nothing to do with it, I swear. <laughs> I don't want to see anybody lose their jobs. In D.C. United, mm. Hernan Lozada, the uh, the Argentinian coach who joined from Beershot uh, 15 months ago, was given his walking papers. Um, it's a it's a tough situation, and, and certainly when you look at the, the, the table, another one where... Um, TC was not at the bottom of the table by any means, but it seems like everybody was quite fed up with everyone else in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I think the the sort of line I heard that seemed to kind of sum it up is like, we shouldn't be in this position struggling this hard with the lineup that we have. Yeah. Which I think is a, a, a reasonably fair assessment. You know that I'm not always a, a fan of just, like, shaking it up for the sake of shaking it up. Um, because, of course, you need a replacement. And that can take time. Not every team does have the no-coach bump that 
you know, the white caps and others have enjoyed for brief moments of time. Um, <clears throat> however, credit to DC in this one. Um, I, I thought this was a, a really great game from them and uh, a little bit less so from New England. Well, here's the thing. If you, um, if you have lost your own ride... You know, if you've if you've if you've dumped your uh, your partner at the dance, and you can't get home. You can always take a taxi. <laughs> uh, and and Taxi Fantas scored two and had an assist in this one. Um, a huge part of after what I thought was a pretty good start from New England, um, a a huge part of DC's fight back to 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 win at home here. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I I feel like a big part of that was also like DC just pumping balls into the box um, to, to get things back in order. I mean, we should say Brandon by redirects a ball early, early, early minutes of this game to make it one nil for new England, but it, the tide sort of quickly shifts <laughs> in DC's favor. And, and, you know, in new England is just like letting the crosses in. They're not closing players down aggressively as we've said for a number of weeks now. Um, and that that really hurts them in this one. Then um, Fontas brings down another one in the box and scores just before the half. So it's three one going into the second half, and it's starting to feel like not so optimistic for New England these days. No, they've got to find some. They've got to. They've got to find some way on their own uh, part to to change things up. Whether or not it's the um, I don't know that that's personnel necessarily, although maybe that can help. Maybe it's time to to make a change in some way that that can. I don't necessarily think that what we've seen so far, based on the the the, the great performance in past seasons, I would necessarily be moving my finger toward the fire the coach button. No, um, but you gotta wake. You have to do something to wake, you know, wake folks up. I don't know if that's... Um... Well, I'd say Gustavo Bo was pretty woken up in this game because there was a point where he's just screaming at Arena and the assistant coaches on the sideline about something, um, which I actually... I'm okay with. Like, yeah, you want your big star player engaged in things, and the last thing you want to see is shoulders slumped and, and no fight. Now, of course, you're head goes to like is there something going on behind the scenes we need to worry about but i'm not sure there is i think it's frustration at the way the team is playing and the and the way that they're being set up however that is um you know and like new england does sort of get themselves back into this one a little bit i totally forgot josie altador played for new england Um, (laughs) he almost had one and then buxa gets one in the 88th minute um However, it's it's not enough to do. I thought also Kempen made some amazing saves in this game. And I somehow have forgotten. Oh, it's I just did things out of order. Fontas gets the third goal. That's right. That is correct. Um, we had a lot of nil-nils here. We had the nil-nil Portland RSL. We had the nil-nil Colorado uh, Charlotte. Nil-nil uh, Sporting Kansas City Columbus, which is the game I tried to put on when Portland RSL ended. Um, yeah, I have I have nothing for the Portland RSL match. It, uh, it was played. It was played. 
It was played have, in front of my eyes. I have one note for the other nil-nil draws that I think are each that are important. Yes. Uh, Colorado, um, Charlotte, Yarborough stood on his fucking head. Amazing performance. If you're a goalkeeper, you want to see some fun saves. Watch that highlight reel. Um, SKC Columbus, Peter Vermees slipped at some point while he was like gesticulating (laughs) wildly and falls backwards, which like, I'm not laughing at that. Uh, You know, I'm not so sure on my feet. So like, that's not the funny part to me, but I sent it to you and it was Kaya Kamara's (laughs) response to like, quote retweet it and he just has the hurricane or the tornado emoji underneath his response and i was like i just love the depth of that trolling and i'm not even sure what the comment really is (laughs) oh Oh, boy uh there's no rest for the wicked um small man presents man slips at football And that's literally the highlight of that match. Not much else happened in it. But, but, you know, like, I think for all of those clubs, there's been some inconsistency. So, you know, a, points on the board's not the worst thing. Uh, a match that had no highlights for me was uh, <laughs> Austin versus Vancouver. Why not? Uh, I mean, the, the, it was well worked from Austin's side. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Yeah, um, that's true. That's a very fair. Statement. They're they're working. They're um, the the passing is so good for them. Triusi is doing so well. He connects so well with with Maxi Arudi. Um, the first goal, you have a, a dispossession going on, while the Whitecaps are ponderously trying to move the ball forward over the halfway line. We have talked about this, you know, time and time again, and I'm not trying to. You know, part of me is like, am I getting hung up on like a, you know, an intermediate, you know, analysis point? But the, it just seems like there's too much evidence in the direction of you have, uh, Godinho is trying to is trying to work it up, and he's just bundled the uh, bundled through. Um, Vinny, at the point where they said, at the point where I heard Godinho lining up with. Um, Drew Easy. I was like, well, I don't know that this one's going to go well. <laughs> they continue to, uh, they continue to do this, this three, four, three with different, different versions of the formation, but still three at the back. And we had this quote from Sartini where he says, you know, we have to play safely and securely in our own house. Reinforcing the idea. This is from Joshua Griffith on Twitter. Reinforcing the, uh, reinforcing the, uh, quoting Vanny Sartini, reinforcing the idea that you need to play as simple as you can and as structured as you can in your house in order to minimize those kinds of mistakes because they have to be. They can be deadly like they've been in the last two days, two games. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just, I would look at you need to play as simple as you can and structured as you can and apply that to yourself in the, the lineups that are being put out there. Four, four, two. <laughs> four, four, two. <laughs> you just... Youngworth is right there. He was your guy. He was the guy that... He was the... the on Defensively, he was the straw that stirred the drink in that great run at the end of the last year. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it either. I, I don't get it because we don't have the wingers to play this formation. 
It's it's not coming off. You know, it was the usual errors and positional challenges, but there's also just... I was thinking about this after the game, because I was like, I want to have something different to say about it. You know, it feels... It's frustrating to watch, but it's frustrating to talk about, because you just say the same things week after week, because the same things keep happening. But I think another... A, a big hole has been, and coincidentally, they were able to fill that hole to some degree uh, as, as early as today. Um, but there's just, I think, a real lack of senior leadership experience on the field. Like, it doesn't feel like there's anyone out there that's really leading the team, let alone even anybody in their zone. If only you, know, you had a guy for that. <laughs> if only... The Whitecaps would go out and spend some serious money on a DP with some talent in his prime. Oh, look! Andres Cubas has been <laughs> officially signed. The Paraguayan midfielder has joined the Vancouver Whitecaps. It, this is... not, not just yet, because there's the, the visas and all that stuff that needs to get worked out. But this is a big deal. So, yeah, this is a Boca Juniors guy who had gone to Nîmes in Ligue 1 in France and then... They got relegated, and now it's time to start for him to start thinking of other uh, pastures. Well, right here, here he is in Vancouver until twenty twenty six. Another defensive midfielder, uh, somebody who hopefully will be able to, as you as you note, that the the empty part of the midfield hopefully will be a is something that he'll be able to fill. Yeah, and and some of that leadership as well. I mean, he's clearly a, a senior, not not like senior senior, but <laughs> the, a, a more senior player. And and that's been obviously a gripe of mine for a while. Is like it's not even all the time that the Whitecaps are are bad. You know, I don't want to knock a player like uh, Godinho or Berhalter or um, any of them, but. They are young players still figuring out the game. They're relatively inexperienced. I know that a lot of them have minutes, but I'm just not convinced that, you know, Baldissimo and Burhalter are starting central defensive midfielders against the type of competition that they're playing against. And, you know, we've talked about that in terms of how the Whitecaps build their lineup. Is is just that they... They have been steadily improving over themselves each season, but when you look around the the league, it and you compare our lineups, they've been really mismatched, you know. Or it's like we've now we and then we brought in Gauld and we had a couple of of good pieces and and Brian White obviously, but it it this does feel like finally uh, a really big glaring missing piece for a really long time might finally have. Uh, a solution. Yeah, and that's good to see. I'm I'm looking forward to that and and, and hoping that that'll be good. Um, I hope that when you know we've, you know, of the things that you can give the Whitecaps credit for is that, you know, nobody expects to be nobody wants to plan to be without um, a player of the quality of Kyle Alessandre, um, who is is injured. In, uh, mm-hmm. My understanding, I think it's a shoulder thing. Um, I wonder how they're going to be able to play alongside each other or, or maybe in supplementing each other for depth. Metatarsal fracture. Mm. 
Yeah, those that's tricky. Feet. Those are rough. So you I can tell some... you, man, feet don't heal quickly. So you need somebody else in that position. Almost as though you could go to a four three a four three three <laughs> yeah. and have him in the um, middle. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, people keep talking about, you know, okay, well, that's Tybert off the pitch now. But I'm like, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I think Kubas goes in Tybert's spot alongside Awusu or Burhalter, and Tybert probably goes out to the wing. Because, yeah. I mean, Dahomey has not been good enough. Obviously, Vite has, is a part of the equation as well. But, you know, not all of these players are going to be on the pitch at the same time, I don't think. I think, um, you know, a player like Vite, obviously you do want to see him racking up minutes, but he's not going to play every minute of every single game, um, at least not this season, I don't think. But, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm cautiously optimistic. It's obviously going to be a bit before the player actually gets here and is up to speed and training with the team and all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean... It can't get worse. We're literally at the bottom of the table. So <laughs> I'll L-M-A-O. take it. And this has been a big, this has been a big, you know, item on my uh, bingo card for a while of a DP central defensive midfielder. So I'm happy. I'm shutting up. Great player. Great signing. Cannot wait. Um, I was, uh, yeah, the, the other two, we have another, you know, Juicy to Arudi goal. We have a long throw that, uh, Cascante keeps in the air, and uh, and that falls to Jeruisi. So big, uh, big time for him. Big, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> He's great. Everybody loves him. Um, Thanks for nothing, Arudi. Coming in now. That's nine goals across three teams against Vancouver Whitecaps. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming out, Max Arudi. We love you, sort of. He's I think. great. Good to see them. You know, good to see them on on. The atmosphere at the game seemed great. They both seemed really happy. That is a, that is a positive. Um, Miami, Miami, Montreal features or er, Miami, Atlanta features this moment of total nonsense defending on the thirteenth minute. Three guys think it should have been the other guy. <laughs> to, it's true. To to intercede and, and stop the goal. There's a um, lot of people watching Cisneros as he scores. You may have re- recalled that the point of of the uh, the Caden Braden Graden tweet was that um, was Gonzalo Iguain missing a sitter, and into the ways in which young players in MLS like totally outclass players that are considered from time to time that cons- mm-hmm. that are considered like to be. You know some of the like the, you know some of the best in the world over the course of their career. Yeah. Um, you currently have like Gonzalo Iguain being uh, being mar- being marginalized for this player Campania. Yeah, Leonardo Campania is uh, is he got the 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 start in this case. Um, he, my understanding was that he got, uh, the crowd tried to boo when he came up, when they took him off for Higuain and he had to be like, no, no, this is a nice guy. Oh, that doesn't feel nice. Um. Oh, he's only 21. Holy crap. I thought he was 27 just by the way he played. He had to be, no, we like, we like Higuain. 
the crowd is the crowd is in a rough spot, but Campania with two uh, with a with a goal and an assist on the uh, on the second goal to absolutely mastermind this uh, this comeback for Miami after a, a moment of you know defensive madness. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean when Miami catch Atlanta out on that second goal, like Campania's there's no doubt in my mind he could take that on and score it himself. But he sees that he's pulled the defender and the goalkeeper out and Bryce Duke is arriving onside completely wide open and just unselfishly just like lasers it, puts it on a silver platter to him. Not, I wouldn't say a laser pass, but it's just like, here you go, buddy. Easy goal. <laughs> I gotta say, I've talked a lot of smack about Inter-Miami, and I will continue to, but I, I've i not just been impressed by the wins and the goals. I've been impressed by the fact that they are starting to play like a team. Like, it's starting, you see the chemistry building between the players. You see a little bit more of even just things like goal celebrations of rather than, you know, it's one or two players gathering together, the whole team's getting together and getting in on it and egging each other on again. Campania's assist when he could have gone for the brace himself it's all positive signs that finally things are turning into a team and nothing signifies that more than a midfield huddle and phil neville's apparently caved and is <laughs> was pictured huddling with his team in a circle which he had derided in the past but apparently that's how you get stuff done if they if they start getting good again before they get rid of him i'm gonna be inconsolable that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it helps any, I'd say this. Like, their wins have not been... Well, I mean, one of them was. But, like, in this case, playing Atlanta is, like... You know, they're, Guzan's out. There's lots of injuries around this club. I also thought Atlanta had a case for a penalty shout for a challenge on Brooks Lennon. It's it's not the hardest tackle in the world, but we see that kind of thing given all the time. So this one also could have been a 2-2 draw against a pretty bruised Atlanta. So, you know, take it all with a grain of salt. I don't think this is a great inter-Miami resurgence we're seeing. I think we're seeing a, a team gel and put together some performances, and the skill of some of their better players is is really helping carry them. But it could happen, man could happen they could be good um cincinnati uh got the goal up on lafc uh at the just before halftime in their match with the uh, luciano costa yeah uh and that one was great it was a uh, maxime cripo's clearance came back and and uh Augusto, acosta was found open for the goal uh thumping strike from outside of the box that was a good one. I also liked, um, I might butcher the pronunciation here, but the rookie goalkeeper for Cincinnati, Roman Celentano, um, just sensational. Huge saves in this game. Um, didn't make the difference, but I just wanted to say, job well done there. Oh my! Love a good goalkeeper. My thumping strike comment was the was the response, actually, just uh, at the other side of halftime half for Kellen Acosta. Yeah, your your Acosta versus Acosta uh, goal heroics. Then, um, Acosta squared. Acosta squared 
fresh off of on the 79th minute, fresh off of scoring two and assisting one uh, against Orange County in the U.S. Open Cup, uh, Danny Masovsky is passed to uh, by Carlos Vela and, and scores the winner in this. It's true. Yeah, that was a it was a good goal. Um, sort of late dramatics. Um, Alan Cruz almost scores, um, and there's some more big Cincinnati saves at the end. So uh, this one kind of it, it almost looked like it could have drawn level. It almost looked like it could have gotten a lot worse. But you know what? I thought Cincinnati played pretty well. Like they pressed well. They generated chances. Two mistakes, two goals, but. It's definitely something to build on. Like, I, I didn't see this as a foregone conclusion, and I thought it was a good fight against LAFC. Um, New York Red Bulls thumped Orlando 3 uh in Exploria Stadium with uh, Lima Linhares uh, scoring on the 26th minute, a shot kind of through traffic. Yeah. This one was a, a weird one for me. Like, I... Like, obviously, Red Bulls have been doing well, but so is Orlando. Guys, <laughs> like I, I don't know what happened here. Um, I just went back to check because I was like, how did they do in U.S. Open Cup? Like, did they <laughs> did they have a, a whoopsie beforehand? But they didn't. They won 2-1 against Tampa Bay. So, hmm. Um, you had the uh, Caceres gets the, the goal on a rebound. And then you have a 88th minute uh, penalty kick. Um, for Morgan, the uh, you also have a one in LA. The Galaxy have a one nothing win over Nashville. That is right. Um, that one was uh, a little bit surprising to me, and I'm trying to remember exactly why. Um, Sorry, I just lost my place in my notes completely. There we go. Um, yeah, here was my main comment about this one. It, it was weird, but good. Um, I had this weird feeling watching this game that I was like, this kind of feels like vintage LA Galaxy, you know? Like, it's maybe not the most beautiful performance ever, or even the most electrifying, but it had its moments. But it was just like Galaxy putting the pressure on early, being patient in the buildup, and just grinding Nashville down and scoring late. I feel like we used to see Galaxy, like the old, old Galaxy, do that a lot. Where, you know, they had all this star power on the field, but they could just kind of, like, maintain possession, get their passes to their guy, move up the pitch, pump a ball into the box, do a quick sequence of passing, get a shot on goal. And do that, you know, seven or eight times throughout a match. Once or twice the goal would go in, and then they'd win. And that would just sort of be open and shut. So I felt like that was a, a good sign for the Galaxy, that they, they're able to do that a bit more now, especially against a team like Nashville, who I thought, like, played decently. Yeah, it's uh, Joe Veljic, who scores in the 86th minute, gets lifted into the riot zone, riot squad. Yeah, uh, it was a, a very a uh, lot of miles traveled on the goal celebration, going jumping into the stands. You love to see it. Gets a yellow card for his troubles, but I'm sure he won't mind too much. Uh, big big points for LAFC, who continue to sit atop of the West with Austin just behind them. 
Montreal sneak the uh, the one one draw in Philadelphia after Carenza scores the penalty kick on uh, t- the twenty first minute, and then I I really liked the the Alistair Johnson long ball up the side on the fifty ninth minute. It just sort of bounds all the way forward to Kyoto, um, who then crosses it to Kai Kamara on the fifty ninth minute. Very excellent. Scoring goals. You love to see it. <clears throat> I should also mention Kai Kamara recently uh, retired from international duty with Sierra Leone as well. So he would just be focusing on club duties for the foreseeable future. Had his team on his back in the last Cup uh, uh, of African Nations. Yeah. Um, the Minnesota uh thumped Chicago at home with three. Uh you kind of I feel like you by the time that like this was uh scoreless through seventy minutes, but then you know, when you have that goal from Reynoso and then a sending a sending off on a second yellow moments afterwards, it kinda of felt like that. The some some of the fight got out of this one. Yeah, and I mean they had been beaten earlier in the week on penalties in the US Open Cup and uh the coach wasn't too happy about that and the vibes just seemed off here, but credit to Minnesota. I mean, just Reynoso does what he does. <laughs> like I obviously Chicago didn't have a great game and it's uh, again, like you said, the sending off it kind of seemed like a foregone conclusion, but also Minnesota continues to roll. I feel like all of my predictions about Minnesota last season <laughs> are starting to to show the the fruits of their labor a little bit more this season. Um, you know, they're fifth in the West. It's not they haven't been storming the barn, but this was a a really good win and an opportunistic one that they really needed. And obviously, uh, a good Minnesota needs Reynoso firing on all cylinders, and he certainly was. Unfortunately, also, I think before this match, I think it was from the last week, Kasani Dotson from Minnesota tore his ACL, so he will be missing the 2022 season. Oh, no! Which, which really sucks for Minnesota. He's been an excellent player for them, but um, I think that was an important mental win for them as well, to, to win this game and and do it without a, a player of the importance and quality of Dotson, but we obviously wish him well in his recovery. That sucks. Nobody needs a knee injury. No, absolutely not. Um, a exciting game uh, was Dallas-Houston Dynamo. It sure was. Uh, big rumble in Texas. Good heated match. The Texas Derby. Um, this one, I felt like Houston had the early pressure. Um really quick turns of play. Ferreira scores fairly early on, I believe. Yeah. one nothing for Houston. Then I thought this was a like my sort of contentious moment of the week is Memo Rodriguez nails one down off the crossbar. And it, it to my eyes, is so in. <laughs> but I guess for some reason, they just don't count it. Of course, this that is sucks. one of the ones I missed, so I just watched the highlights. Didn't have time to check the extended highlights if I could find more. But, like, the first angle on the goal looks to me like that ball is well over the line. 
Um, so that sucks. Um, <laughs> but it's a fairly even match, I would say, um, through most of it anyway. Yeah, that seems to be one of the things that you would want. Like, like one of the things, th- those sorts of under crossbar goals have been, you know, some of the biggest, um, some of the biggest candidates for VAR. Something that everyone can see, but that's a that's a shame. Um, a a cross into the center came off the keeper was uh, the rebound was stabbed in. On 86th minute, you start to think, you know, a game that had been even pretty much to that point. Um, now you have a, a sign of life from Siki Nitsabalang. Um, and then 90, 90 plus three uh, comes along. We have um, a stoppage time header at the near post from Oops. Facundo Quignan. Yeah, and I mean, it is a, a good performance from Dallas. Big, big points for them. I do sort of feel like Houston was robbed on this one. I don't like saying that about a game because I think, you know, ultimately the scoreline usually tells some sort of story. But I just go back to that. It just sucks. I mean, it sucks to score a goal and not have it count. But it sucks to score such a perfect goal and not have it count, you know, like. Okay, I get it bounced in and then out, but I don't know. I feel like this one probably should have been a draw, and I th- I also felt like Houston had a lot of momentum in this game, and, and so, you know, maybe with that penalty, things turn out different. But, of course, it's MLS, and things don't work that way here. It's not about <laughs> what could have been or what should have been. It's about what happened. Dallas gets the three points, but it's sort of, you know, it's it's still fun to see like the last week, Austin, Dallas and Houston were all much closer to each other in the, in the table, Mm. but they're all still above the playoff line. And, and I think that's, that's exciting to see these teams scrap. And, um, it was a good competitive match. One of the, the, the last pieces of Mm. MLS news, because we lost it in the, uh, the nil nil draw morass. (laughs) Um, Yossi Zardes has been sent to the Rapids. Yeah, right. That's that a surprise. A, in terms of like things you don't expect in an MLS season, there's always a few things like a domestic trade that you just sort of forget that they happen. And then a big one like this happens and you're like, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's happening? Another one that's mostly for GAM. Yep. I believe that was, it's only $300,000, which I thought was uh a pretty good deal. I mean, Zardes hasn't been in top, top form, but he's obviously a, a top striker. And, so, and I don't think that, I don't think that Columbus are doing that good. Like if you, the, the only reason that this would make any sense to me is if you are, um, if you're bringing something in, somebody in it, because like, yeah, I they had, are sitting 12th in the East. <laughs> I had like... seen some, I had seen suggestions that, you know, that he had been, um, that he had not been preferred. Uh, he had, he had dropped somewhat out of the the, the pecking order of of um, of strikers, but at the same time, you gotta you gotta well, work when with you've that. Got Eric Hurtado. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you uh, Hurtado Island is closed. Yeah. Um, but I just think that you know they. 
Who is it? Who is it that they say that's there is the forward that's been that they that they've preferred instead of him? But um, I don't the, really think it's been any or Yeboah's been there. Um, but yeah, because Kevin Molino's out for the season, right? I just think that um, I just think that you needed to. Um, wait to see if that situation gets any better. You could say like, okay, well, we've been relying on these other guys, but you know, especially a player like like Zardes, heats up and cools down at different times. This has been part of the Zardes experience that you have <laughs> you have known and loved, and now we're saying, okay, well, uh, we don't need this guy anymore while we're twelve. Yeah, it it's a bit curious now. The I'm just looking up. I was like, what was his salary? Because that might tell us more of a story. And it was one point four million dollars. So it's a a fair chunk of change that's now freed up. So you have to imagine Caleb Porter's got eyes on someone, and they will do something with that money. But you're right in terms of like you know the the primary transfer window does close rather soon. And it could be a real struggle for them if they're not bringing in someone um, r- relatively soon. Because if they've got to make it through the summer or much of the summer without a top goal scorer, it's I goal would tend to agree. That's like, why one. don't you just why why is that the piece that you're shifting here? Like, that's the one MLSsoccer.com thinks Miguel Berry is the is the one who's displaced him in the 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 group chat, the 24 year old. Yeah, which and he's good. Like. Don't get me wrong. I, I like Barry just fine. But another way of looking at this is it's a great bit of business for Colorado Rapids. Oh, yeah. Um, and Zar- and the cool thing about when these trades happen is they're pretty immediate because Zardes laced up like the next day and made his debut for Rapids. Oh, man. Which is always like, you know, it's hard at first. It's like when I see Steve Clark in goal for Houston, I'm still like, wait, he's in the wrong place. <laughs> Put him back. It's just not where he belongs. And it, it is a little bit weird to see Zardes in a Rapids jersey, but um, I, I think only good can come of it for our, our dear friends, the Rapids, our long-suffering Rapids fans. Um, I think they'll be, and it seems to be, they're, they are quite overjoyed at this development. It's Luciano Acosta in, in, in Cincinnati that's that for me. Where I go, mm. where I go, What? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, <laughs> you're just like, D- is is it a mistake? Is that possible? It's a weird one. Um, yeah, no, it was a it was a good week of games. I actually got to to watch a fair amount of it. I mean, it's still just been a nice sort of source of joy in and among all the other things. Even when your team is losing, like, uh, it just feels good to have like soccer back on weekends. Like who, what, uh, any time of the day, you're like, what's happening? Is somebody playing? And you're like, all right, cool. Orlando's getting spanked. Let's do this. <laughs> like, just it's nice to have it back and be in the routine of it. You know, that's right. Um, Campiello, unfortunately, Pacific uh, uh, blitzed my Halifax Wanderers at the same time that the uh, Austin game was Austin Vancouver game was going on. Um, I thought Atletico had been, I thought Atletico Ottawa had been having a good year, but then they got just blown out. (laughs) Yeah, Valor bulldozed them. 
I had a quick peek over at some of the results, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> six one, ouch. The semifinals are set in the uh, 2002 NWSL Challenge Cup. It'll take place on May 4th uh, with Kansas City Current hosting the North Carolina Courage and Washington Spirit hosting O.L. Reign at Audi Field. There had been some issue um, with what sort of venue they had used. They could use and, and in previous eras of the Spirit in the um, in DC United or in previous ownership things. DC United was not always uh, on the greatest terms. I feel with with the Spirit in terms of being able to to share their facilities, but it seems that uh, some some sense of cooperation has won out with uh, with the Spirit being able to host this pretty pretty big you know game for them at, uh, uh, against OL Reign in 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 a in a worthy venue. Absolutely. Anything else we're missing news-wise? I'm sure there's stuff. Um, go check out Wordgill. You seen Wordgill? I I show, uh, the you joked that it was the it's the Wordle. Somebody made a Wordle for MLS players. <laughs> Where you? I've been I've been playing it every day. I, sometimes it's sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't. It's uh it's like a Wordle where you guess a player and it shows you like the players nationality conference team position jersey number and age and and gives you greens if you're right and you have to like navigate your way to the right player god i was gonna do this with you i thought a simplified version of it was i was just gonna pick random players off of mls rosters but you know like have some easier ones and then some harder ones and see that's if right. you could get guess which team they currently played on because i feel like that would be oh man a good one to kind of like throw someone off because there are like there have been some interesting inter-team changes that could kind of like mess you up anyway i didn't prepare for it but sometime i might just hit you with a pop yeah quiz I'm, okay. just to see i'm i'm curious i feel like you could get me pretty good with that uh let me just read the wordgill uh you can also just type wordgill into into the internet and and see what pops up. Wordgill.web.app is the is the uh, is the site for that. I would say that 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 the the number one thing that I feel bad about, and I I'm like I get the most disappointed with myself is just like just like the the meme of just like for five dollars name a defender. <laughs> And then your mind goes blank. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to do one with you just because I, I was like just surfing around here and it'll, it'll be fun. All right. What team does Teal Bunbury currently play for? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not New England. I know he got moved. And he, I'm going to say that he got moved to... Tampa Bay Rowdies. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, so close. No, you moved to Nashville. Oh, yes. That makes sense. 
which I did not know until I just randomly brought up a team, opened their roster, and was like, oh, yeah, Till Bunbury. That's a good one. You got me pretty good with that. <laughs> I, knew I, w- I would have also not go- I would have not gotten it I for sure would have just said New England <laughs> I knew I knew that he had, I remembered the news item that he had moved but I could not uh, I could not I could not place where he had went to and we haven't heard a lot from him since so I kind of that's why I kind of guess maybe it was the second division true 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 um great well I think that oh oh right I don't think we talked last time about Houston Dash firing their coach, did we? No. I don't think we did. I think that happened uh, previously, or he's been suspended. But I believe that is now 100% of teams in the NWSL who have had coaches fired or suspended. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Yeah, that was two days ago, it looks like. James Clarkson. The general so, head coach, general manager, into a investigation into current historic complaints of dis- discrimination, harassment, and abuse. Had uh, taken it, control- charge of the club in late 2018. It doesn't read well when you're saying you're investigating also historic things, where you're like, because teams always do this thing where they're like, we've done our due diligence. And then as they announce the suspension or the firing, they'll be like, Safety is our number one priority. We are now investigating stuff we knew and heard about. We just didn't do anything about. But now we're going to do something about that. Hey, speaking <sighs> of... speaking of, It's these... cool that it all unfolds exactly the same way every single time and no lessons are learned. That is just awesome. Hey, speaking of, peop- of, of, of team leaders that are suspended pending an inquiry... What about all the Vancouver Whitecaps executives who are listed as freelancers on LinkedIn? How many are we up to now? Uh, I think I remember hearing like two. I know Rachel Lewis had changed her relationship to Whitecaps as it's complicated or something. But <laughs> is, that, is that a function that they have on... Uh... I, I think that's about as like... This, the the point of my joke here is at the like lack of any sort of accountability not that not the horrifying things that happened under these people's watch but don ford the don ford is the other one who's listed as financial executive Mm. yeah it would be cool to get like some sort of update or any acknowledgement that there was an investigation still going on but oh at the, some point, at some point, it's got to change, right? Like, at some point, surely we learn things and things get better. It's one one piece at a time. That and, was too long of a pause for me. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to think uh, of. I'm trying to think of something because I know it sucks right now. But in in and you know, it does have to go one piece at a time. But you know, you look at there are some there are some positives that you can look at. You can look at the fact that. Um, Michelle Kang owns the spirit now. Finally, after all of the, the, the push and pull, you have to look at a, a game-wide shift in leadership. And uh, and that's, unfortunately, you can't legislate it game-wide. We're not saying you can't legislate, but there's no top-down way to do that. It, it has to be a piece-by-piece 
Um, Especially when the top is usually just as rotten as the things they're investigating. <laughs> like, but so much I mean, effort, it, it, so much effort for for you know to 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 try and, and put into one person or or one particular situation. But that's that's how it has to be done, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, at least it's good to see communities and supporters groups. Um, banding together and and trying to put pressure on front offices where they can and and continuing to keep these things in the news because I, I feel like that's the only thing that ever seems to get momentum is just reminding these people that you haven't forgotten and it still matters and you still care and um, are, are willing to do you know whatever it takes to actually get some something changed that's right until next week, where can we find you online? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter for at least another week. <laughs> that, that, that's so MLS. Um, where can we find you online? You can find me online at teambates at mastodon.social. <laughs> <laughs> and, and teambates on Twitter. And teambates on Twitter. Um, www.team-baits.com uh, you can find this podcast at that's mls.com and uh, in, please rate, review, and subscribe at the places you can do that um, yeah. do you want do you guys want you know Twitter, Twitter does suck do you guys want to do a discord if you want to do a discord yeah I'm no I'm sorry for 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 just sort of brandishing that one out of nowhere but if you guys... I, was, I just we don't do this all the time but every once in a while we have moments where I'm like wait are we still doing the show or are we just chatting <laughs> I'm like it's a bit of both uh, I don't think there's much of a curtain of become as always thank you for listening and thank you for watching talk with us um and until we we hear back from you again and do we join you again? Don't get sent off. Don't do it. <laughs>